I'm David Hankins. I'm Paul Hankins. I'm Trevor Hankins. And you're on the air with Power Squared. Uh, this week we're going to talk about uh, sort of a cultural phenomenon, yes. Five Nights at Freddy's. Yep. Yes. Uh, which is video game, graphic novels, and movie, right? Yeah. Okay. So um, you guys are the ones that have played the game. Uh, how'd you how'd you find out about Five Nights at Freddy's? And okay, so we uh, we actually uh, caught on to Five Nights at Freddy's in real time uh, back in like 2014. Yeah, uh, the first game came out uh, and uh, we heard about it. And uh, you like couldn't escape it. <laughs> yeah, you couldn't escape it because it. <clears throat> it was uh, very unique at the time because uh, instead of being uh, instead of actively going after like the enemies you are in a static position and have to stop the enemies from coming to you Okay. in this case uh, animatronics yes of the uh... yeah Yes. Kind of like kind of like a Chuck E. Cheese type place. Right. Yeah. So we're like some of Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's basically one of them run amok, right? Kind of uh, yeah. So you're kind of uh, you're the night guard at Freddy Fazbear's Pizza, Freddy Fazbear's Pizza, and uh, the animatronics are allowed to roam freely at night, but you have to stop them from getting to your uh, office because they might think you're an animatronic without a suit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> or without an exoskeleton. Okay. And uh, they might, if they catch you, they might try to stuff you into them. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So why are they allowed to roam freely at night if they're dangerous? Is that just not explained? I'm, I'm asking too many questions. Uh, in the first game, that's uh, not explained that much. Uh, it's just like to prevent their servos from locking up. Yeah, from locking up. Okay. Uh, that's what the phone guy tells you anyway. Yeah, that's what the phone guy tells you. <laughs> um, so anyway, we caught on to Five Nights. We learned about Five Nights at Freddy's pr pretty much when it came out. Okay. Uh, and we didn't actually play the game, but what intrigued us was the hidden lore of the game. Mm -hmm. um, that's what hooked us and a lot of people on the property, even if we never actually played it. Okay, and this was nine years ago, so what was the platform that came out on? PC. Yes. Okay. Uh, it was developed by Scott Cawthon uh, using Click Team Fusion, which is an engine he was comfortable with as an indie developer. Okay. Uh... Then within the same year, he put out, uh, was it three other games or just two? Three. Yeah, he put out three sequels in the same year. Wow. Just months apart from each other because like he's... Within the span of a year? <laughs> yeah, within the span of a year. It's faster than Guitar Hero. <laughs> uh, well, Scott was uh, very comfortable with Click Team Okay. as a game engine. So how did these games fit in with each other? Uh, well, each uh, each game is, has some similar base mechanics, uh, but as the series went on, it kind of it played with the formula, and then uh, the hidden lore kept 
building up. Okay, so what is this hidden lore you keep referring to? Okay, so... For people who haven't played the game. Right. In the first game, uh, the story was hidden in uh, newspapers that would randomly show up in one of the cameras. Okay. Like, uh, on the wall. Yes. Um, and that alluded to uh, five children uh, being killed in the establishment uh, at some point in the time. And uh, so from there, uh, people put together that the uh, animatronics were uh, possessed by the spirits of the dead children, which led to a lot of uh, theorizing about why and uh, the theories uh I'll say Map uh, Pat from Game Theory was a huge proponent of theorizing about the yes. game, uh, but he uh, but anyway, fans kept speculating, and as more information came from later games, that led to even more speculation, which kept the fandom alive. Okay. Um, did Scott Cough? You know, do you ever comment about this? Uh, yeah, Scott Cawthon was uh actually liked seeing uh actually liked uh, seeing what the fandom was talking about mm -hmm. and uh, he himself actually watched uh, game theory okay and uh, there was act there was actually one time where uh, Matt Pat presented this theory and in the comments Scott was like actually you're wrong uh, <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so Scott still had it in his head while he was doing it, it was yeah just, it was just <laughs> random okay yeah um so the you know, the first game you are uh, Mike Sh you're you play as Mike Schmidt. We know that because of the uh, paycheck you get on uh, the last night. Okay. Uh, you play as Mike Schmidt. You have to defend yourself from uh, four animatronics. Uh, technically five because of Golden Freddy. Uh, uh, five Nights at Freddy's two. You play as Jeremy Fitzgerald. I just looked this up again. Okay. You play as Jeremy Fitzgerald at a different uh, establishment. It's a prequel to the original Five Nights at Freddy's. So you don't learn that until the end. <laughs> yeah, uh, you learn at the end. So I guess spoiler <laughs> that it's a prequel. Um, and you, there are no doors to defend yourself, uh, but you have to defend yourself against like eleven animatronics. Mm. Yeah, at least. Is this a different? It's not another Freddy. Restaurant, it's a different, whole different one. Uh, it's it's a different. Uh, it's another Freddy's. Ah, okay. Yeah, it's another that's Freddy's establishment. I'm just trying to figure that. There's then Five Nights at Freddy's three. Uh, takes place after the original. Takes place in the future. <laughs> yeah, in the future. Uh, the establishment was turned into a horror attraction. <laughs> and uh, once again, there are no doors, but you only have to defend yourself against one animatronic. Okay. Uh, who is? I guess it's not really a spoiler at this point, right? Right. Uh, it was. I guess uh, it was in the movie. So. <laughs> uh, the animatronic you defend yourself against is Springtrap, uh, who is revealed to be the murderer. Okay. It's kind of a spoiler. <laughs> um, anyway, the murderer that the lore was built around. Okay. Uh, 
Uh, he's been all three games. He's been behind all the killings. Yes. Okay. In some form or another. I feel like uh, I could say it was those in the movie because Springtrap appears in like the trailers and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um. So then, Five Nights at Freddy's Four, which was the last of the Click Team era. Okay. <laughs> you can divide the games into eras. <laughs> Yes. Anyway, the last of the Click Team era, Five Nights at Freddy's 4. Um, that's when the lore started to get a little muddy. Uh, Scott Cawthorn refuses refuses to explain how exactly it fits into the timeline. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, but you buy it because you love the game. So. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> then uh, you have to defend your... your Playing in a you in in FNAF four, you are a child in your bedroom, and you have to defend yourself against uh, nightmare versions of the okay. animatronics. Okay. Yeah, um, I guess I misspoke. There was one more Click Team game after that, which was uh, Sister Location. Uh -huh. uh, that one was more uh, story driven, uh, which at the time I thought was interesting. Yes. Um, you play as Eggs Benedict <laughs> in a uh, very rich role. In a uh, that's just a name that a computer gives you. Uh, anyway, you ha uh, are playing in a different financial uh, Freddy's establishment, and once again, the lore gets a little more complex. So Five Nights at Freddy's. I mean, Freddy's. Sounds like a place to avoid. <laughs> People get being killed and all this. Okay, so that was the... I, I think in the third game, you were Fritz Smith. Something like that, yeah. <laughs> okay. So... Yeah, Fritz Smith. He Let's moved from to another software? <sighs> okay, so... Then after Sister Location, there was uh, Pizzeria Simulator. Oh, yeah, Pizzeria Simulator... Uh, might, might be another click team game, but uh, that's still the end of the original storyline. Uh, <coughs> Pizzeria Simulator was uh, released for free, presenting itself as a tycoon, as a as a pizzeria tycoon. Uh, but it turns out it's actually Five Nights at Freddy's Six, and its goal was explicitly to wrap up the lore. Okay, which it did fairly neatly uh and then that was the last one developed by scott Cawthon. and then after that another developer steel wool uh took over okay uh there was vr help they made vr help wanted there was also uh ar special delivery ar special delivery which might have been handled by another developer uh and security breach okay and these are and they announced a Help Wanted 2. Okay, yes. so Scott Cawthon is not involved with those, or he's sort of an executive producer? Uh, without getting into it, uh, at some point he retired from game development. Okay. Uh, however, he's uh, evidently still hands-on with the franchise. Okay. That's like, it's uh, it's his franchise, he just doesn't do the day-to-day. -day. Yeah, he's just not making the actual games himself anymore. Oh, wow, must be nice. Yeah. Uh, so I guess you can easily divide the Friday Nights of Freddy's franchise into the Click Team era or Scott Coffin era and the Steel Wool era. Okay. Uh, there 
there's also the spinoff game FNAF World, which is not connected to the main series. <laughs> no. Okay, and are these developed? Are these also PC games, or are these? Um, okay, so uh, the games Scott Cawthon made were for PC. Uh, including FNAF World. Yeah, mm-hmm. including FNAF World. At some point, uh, he also at some point they were also ported to mobile and uh, console. Okay, what consoles? Just like PS4, uh, yeah, uh, maybe Xbox, okay. Switch. In case somebody wanted to, yeah, find the game and play it, and they would have to. For sure, PS4 and Switch. Okay. Uh. So anyway, uh, we never actually played most of the games, and so we watched Markiplier play them. Uh, so he made it. Uh, fun okay. <laughs> with his uh, reactions and also how he was he, how he was interpreting the lore and he also went out of his way to look at the secrets but uh, Trevor and I also uh, kind of obsessively read the fan wiki <laughs> okay. because there was people were figuring new things out and then uh, kind of recently I got back into watching Five Nights at Freddy's related content but it's usually from uh speedrunners like Astral Spiff or uh, people who are challenging themselves okay. uh, to like, can you beat Five Nights at Freddy's 3 without uh, resetting anything? Uh, <laughs> or, challenges and... Yeah, or can you beat Five Nights at Freddy's 2 without the flashlight? <laughs> so, like so you're watching in these videos watching somebody else play the game? Yeah. Okay. Uh, the one game that I did actually play was uh, Security Breach okay. on PS5. Uh, I went with that one because, unlike the other games, it was more free-roaming. And uh, based on what we saw in the trailers, it seemed more our, our speed. Okay. Um, then I also played the this and the Ruin DLC that came out months later. Okay, so I know you guys are not really into horror, per se. Right. Um, is this less scary, or...? <sighs> yeah, that's... Okay, the f- that's kind of the funny thing. As the series went on, uh, uh, it's been argued there's been more kidified. Like, uh, instead of was the... You can argue about how dark the original games were, but the original games were definitely much darker than uh, the more recent stuff. Which, because uh, Friday's Afraid he's attracted a huge uh, child fan base. Yeah. Uh, we were in our early 20s. Yeah. But anyway, attracted a large uh, child fan base. And so over time, it's kind of been gradually kidified to appeal more to the younger audience. Okay. Especially during the uh, Steel Wool era. Like, uh, I guess kind of a mini review, but Security Breach uh, really isn't all that scary. Okay. Um, have. Not that you're, I expect you to be experts, but do you know if, like, have the sales gotten bigger than Steel Wool, or, uh, you know? Or uh, it's still a very popular franchise. Okay, so, all right. So it's just kind of maintained a, a popularity. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, to answer a uh, question you had earlier relating to the Steel Wool games, uh-huh. uh, <coughs> Special Delivery was a mobile game. <sighs> okay. I say was because they kind of stopped updating it. <laughs> uh, 
Help Wanted uh, was made for PlayStation VR. <sighs> okay. And uh, the uh, security breach was made for console and PC. <laughs> okay. So I guess an actual mini review of Security Breach. Uh, the storyline made absolutely no sense. Uh, there were uh, gameplay issues like uh, I once got caught in an infinite loop that got patched later uh, like an infinite death loop uh, um, the jump scares are effective for like five seconds but then they just get frustrating to see uh, and the the one thing that uh, really helps security breach however is the uh, graphics and the arc direction uh, if the Mega Pizza Plex was an actual place, I'd honestly want to go. <laughs> okay. uh, and the only good thing about the real good thing about the writing is that the animatronics actually have uh, unique personalities. Okay. You can probably see by the shirt. I like the franchise. Yeah, I'm a fan. Um, anyway. Uh, my favorite character and other people's favorite character was Roxanne Wolf to the point where I got this uh, U2s of her. Okay. Um, so, besides merchandise like this, yeah, it's uh, as with anything that's popular, it's there's more than just the original platform or video game, yeah. or whatever. So, anything about those? Um, yeah, okay, so at some point. While Scott Cawthon was uh, still developing the games, uh, he started putting out novels. Uh, there's a novel trilogy, uh, Silver Eyes, Twisted Ones, yeah, and, and Fourth, Fourth Closet. Um, so, uh, we uh, read the novels. Um, now the novels are in their own continuity, separate from the games, so it's not like uh, reading the novels would suddenly uh, answer any questions. Yeah, suddenly answer questions, although stuff from the novels did eventually kind of trickle back down into the games in a weird way. <laughs> um, so we read, we read the novels. Uh, at uh, first, it was uh, intriguing because we wanted to see, like, where are they going with this different direction. Uh, but then the th with the third one, uh, we just really didn't like the ending because mm -hmm. uh, there, there was this twist that came almost completely out of nowhere. At least that's what we thought at the time. Uh, so we... Uh, you know, we ended up not liking the novel timeline as much. Did he write those two, or did he have somebody write them for him? Uh, some, someone else wrote them. Okay. Although he supervised. Right, of course. <coughs> it's his. It's his property. Yeah. Yeah, I totally understand. Is it Kira Bree Risley? Yeah, Kira Kira Bread Risley. Yeah. Risley. Okay. Hopefully, I didn't just butcher that. <laughs> um. you said their book wasn't very good. I'm sure I don't care. Um. <laughs> Anyway, there's later got adapted into graphic novels, which I've considered like borrowing from the library or something, just to see how different, uh, like, to see if there are any like major differences or, or if fingers crossed they fix the story. <laughs> um, then uh, 
So there's that. There's also other spinoff books. Uh, there's the Fosbear Frights series, which is anthology books. Uh-huh. Yeah, which are not canon. Okay. And then uh, with Security Breach, though that spawned its own uh, spinoff novel series. Tales which, from the Pizza Plex. Yeah, Tales from the Pizza Plex, which kind of is, kind of isn't canon. Okay. <laughs> They're supposed to be canon. <laughs> right. But I guess some stories are ambiguously canon. All right. Uh, anyway, Security Breach, there was the Ruin DLC, which was actually way better than the base game. All right. <laughs> that was a free update. <laughs> Uh, Don't let the uh, software developers hear you say that too much. <laughs> but like, uh, it's actually general consensus. Uh, the DLC played more to stealable strengths in terms of uh, gameplay and story. Uh, the storytelling wasn't a hundred percent perfect, but it was still like more. It still felt more complete than the base game, and it was actually more fun going through that and it also introduced a vr or ar mechanic mm-hmm. yeah an ar mechanic within the game yeah it's kira breed risley <sighs> kira breed risley anyway they introduced a new mechanic ar mechanic within the game that was actually unique and they played it around with it in uh interesting ways okay so you were referencing a book the ultimate guide yeah so you know we got this uh this is this is the only like guide book that we got. And that's because uh, they're in help one and special delivery, I should say. Uh, there were emails that your players were supposed to be able to see that were canon to the lore. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, uh, the game is pretty much dead, so players never got to see those emails, and those emails were uh, captured. Yeah, they're preserved in the book. Okay. So that's one reason to own the book. Okay. So I guess the, well, unless there's something else, the biggest development, of course, is making a movie out of it. Yeah, that would be the next thing. <laughs> okay. Now, I remember being in the audience, and obviously people have been waiting a long time for this. Um, yes. So, and... We, it was... It was like it was announced when the franchise was like a year old. <laughs> yeah, okay. so we've been waiting like eight years for this movie. Okay, so you know something about the de- development or lack of development of the movie? <laughs> you want to talk about that? Because there were some movies that came out that are similarly. Yeah. So uh, the reason the movie didn't get made for so long was because uh, Scott Cawthon had final say on the script. And uh, he wanted a script that he was uh, good with. Okay. All right. It, it just took him that long to be satisfied with the script. <laughs> yeah, so first it's going to be uh, under Warner Brothers, but uh, they wanted to do stuff with it that he wasn't comfortable with. Okay. So he that fell through. He took it to Bloomhouse. <laughs> yeah, where it remained in development hell for a few years until... Uh, Scott actually put up this, uh, I think, Reddit post about uh, all the different script versions that he went through, and then he, meant at the end, he revealed that he had finally found a script he was satisfied with. So then, I think months later, it finally the movie finally got it to filming. Okay, so when it left Warner Brothers, yeah. Warner Brothers wasn't done with the idea. No. <laughs> uh, 
and they took characters, other characters that they owned, uh, the the banana splits, and uh, they announced shortly after they lost the finance phrase license. By shortly, I guess I mean within a few months. Uh, they were like, "Hey, uh, banana splits horror movie," and yeah. we weren't the only ones who were like, "Wait, that's real!" <laughs> <laughs> after like a day passed. Yeah. Like, ha-ha, great joke, and then, oh, wait, you're serious? <laughs> I don't think the banana splits were animatronic. No. They were supposed no. to be, you know, just banana they splits. They just are. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, and, yeah, so they, they turned them into animatronics, and it's, it's kind of a similar plot. They're kill, Well, they're killing people at a, at a film studio. Right, yeah. So. In the middle of nowhere. Nowhere. <laughs> Uh, which is where all the film studios are. <laughs> for, le- for legal reasons, I have to probably say it's speculated to have been based on a scrapped Five Nights at Freddy's right. script. Yeah, <laughs> because it's very similar in some ways. Yeah, and then there were other which we we watched and didn't like, really like. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. really that good. Oh. Uh, and there was another movie that you guys watched recently. Yeah, Willy's Wonderland. Uh, hmm. That was all, yeah. That's also uh, killer animatronics in a Chuck E. Cheese type place. Uh, now they say that they didn't uh, take influence from Five Nights at Freddy's, but who knows? Yeah. Uh, it's hard, it's hard to imagine they weren't aware of the franchise. Yeah. Now uh, we we ended up kind of enjoying Willy's Wonderland, but mostly because uh, delivered on his promise of Nicolas Cage uh, single-handedly bodying uh, <laughs> 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 and he doesn't say a word throughout. Yeah, he, as a personal challenge to himself, he didn't say a single word. Okay. Um, yeah, I was going to ask something that I forgot what it was. But, okay, so they finally made... Yeah, Nancy Freddy's into a movie. Yes, which is once again a new continuity. <laughs> yeah, so it, it's I mean, part of this is some of the story. Obviously, the an- killer animatronics is from the game, but yeah. what parts are from the game and what parts are new? Uh, the pizzeria, the the pizzeria including its layout, uh, the animatronics including their exact designs. Yes. Um. <laughs> Mike Schmidt, existing. Okay. Uh, He's the guard. Yeah. And uh, the uh, child murder. Okay. They also uh, inserted uh, Vanessa from Security Breach. Okay, so she is the policewoman. Yeah. Is she a policewoman in Security Breach? In Security Breach, she is... She is the uh, security guard, although she's an antagonist who barely shows up. Yes. <laughs> so they expanded on her part, obviously. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and then they they added in sort of him, Mike, having a f- family. Yeah. Which was a younger sister and an evil aunt. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so. And we'll go beyond that and tell the story, but yeah. Okay. So... It, you liked the movie? Yeah, so uh, this is where fans going in at uh, I guess you could say it got us good. <laughs> um, it was kind of the ex- it was kind of what I was expecting. Um, it, yeah, it took 
the story expanded on it uh it was cool seeing uh certain things recreated exactly from the games uh i liked seeing the uh fan the easter eggs and fan references uh they even got in some uh youtuber cameos yeah, I can't mention that yeah uh they got matt pat and uh cory x kenshin and one of them was killed off right away right one of them was the security guard no oh. uh markiplier was supposed to be ah, the okay. security ah, guard okay, yeah, try uh, uh he, he was, mixed up sorry. he uh happened to be filming his filming his adaptation of iron L the video game iron long at the exact same time <laughs> okay. and the schedule just wouldn't work out for him okay sorry and the, so where were these other okay, so, the cameos all right so matt pat was a waiter at the diner okay he even Sp uh, Sp diner sparkies <laughs> yeah right. as a fandom nod <laughs> uh and uh Matt Pat even says his that's just a theory catchphrase. <laughs> uh and then Corey X Kenshin was the uh taxi driver. All right. Uh yeah, yeah funny part. Yeah. Um and uh other there are other cameos on like uh they're like uh, uh, employee of their uh, employee of the month photos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you got a lot of uh and then, obviously, the audience we were watching, this was 2.30 on a Friday. Yeah. And there were a lot of, it was pretty well packed. I mean, the theater, the movies had done very well. It was number one the first week it was out. Yeah. Uh, maybe number one the second week it was out. Um, uh, and you could tell that, that they were really into the movie. And they were, uh, there was some song which I could barely hear in the movie, and they were, like, singing along to it. Yeah, at the in the end credits, they played uh, five, the song Five Nights at Freddy's by Living Tombstone, which was the one of the earliest fan songs uh, made, like, three weeks into the wow. game's existence. And it's become, and it's usually the most uh, famous. Okay. Um, so are we... We done talking about it or something else you want to say? Okay, with I'm not sure I got anything. So if uh, that's it for the song, uh, with the movie. Uh, so anyway, we really we enjoyed it, and uh, I I want to see Fighters of Freddy's too. Uh, that said, there are some genuine criticisms uh, that I had been kind of uh, thinking about. Okay, uh, like it's not really that scary. Uh, which I the PG thirteen rating might have held that back a little. Um, if they for a sequel, if they do uh, wrap up the horror, uh, they don't have to do like tons of blood and gore, but they could easily go in a psychological direction. As I I personally like psychological horror more than I do like body horror. Um, the villain wasn't really that present. Uh, he just kind of shows up at the end. <laughs> yeah. Um, Vanessa still wasn't, uh, that well written. No. Like, her, some of her dialogue was weird. Her backstory was a little... Yeah. Still probably better written than the game she was from. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but... She probably isn't saying much, okay. <laughs> I mean, like, a line, a line that she had that people, uh, kind of 
latched on to as being particularly odd was like if you come back I'll shoot, shoot you. you not if you uh, bring her back yeah I'll shoot you yeah not arrest yeah. you because she's a police officer right shoot you which seems a little weird yeah I also thought it was kind of odd that when there's a break in and, and he would be responsible for it I'm like I don't really think that's how the law works but yeah um anyway for sure uh the lack of like being actually scary and the villain not being present are uh, two uh, genuine criticisms I can easily agree with. There's also, uh, for some people, like some of the question, some questions, uh, even within the movie, kind of didn't go, uh, kind of went a little unanswered. Um, like, how did, how was Mike able to escape from Foxy? Yeah. <laughs> right stuff like small stuff i think they were trying to also to sort of uh you know have more of a it's it's more than just being at the five you know freddy's it's there's a story you know he's he, they gave mike schmidt something to work for something to you know try to make his character grow yeah you know they were trying to actually make a story out of it not yeah. just a fan you know fan story but more of yes a, uh so even kind of divorcing it from the original games, I still liked, for the most part, what they did with the movie, and I would definitely want to see a second one. Right. Uh, but one thing I would give the movie credit for is that uh, it actually does span five nights. Right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I actually mentally kept track. <laughs> it really was five nights. And, uh... So you can trust the title. <laughs> so... Uh, yeah, like I said, I liked it. I would definitely watch the sequel, and I might even want to watch the original again anyway. <laughs> okay. Partly to see if uh, certain things from our specific experience uh, aren't actually present okay. otherwise. <laughs> like right. the stuttering that happened yes. in our print. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yes. during, when we were watching it, the, uh, I assume it was a digital presentation and there was yes. a little there were stuttering sometimes yeah more noticeable to you guys than yeah. i thought maybe it was part of the story you know how the, it was oddly appropriate yeah, but it was but still it was, weird <laughs> <laughs> so yeah it was not a perfect presentation yeah but you know cheap theater yeah <laughs> <laughs> see that all right uh has besides um you know watching and playing the games has has there been a, any influence on you as a writer or? um sort of uh the story of security breach uh because of how kind of rushed uh that was it made me think about like what would i do with this and then at some point i also thought about the angle like why does it have to why does something in a place like this have to be a horror story? So in my head, I kept, I came up with uh, kind of a story related to that the idea. idea. Yeah. Okay. I'm just, you know, yeah, get it out there. So it did have kind Influ of an influence, whether intended or not. <laughs> have you been drawing scary animatronics or anything? <laughs> uh, I have thought of some animatronic related stuff. Yeah. Okay. So this is an influence on both both of you. Yeah. All right. 
Uh, all right. Anything else you want to say about the franchise? Uh, out of all, I guess out of all the uh, mascot horror games that Five Nights at Freddy's ended up inspiring, mm-hmm. is that sort of started the whole thing or that whole subgenre of uh, indie horror. Uh, Five Nights at Freddy's is still like the one series I usually keep thinking about and keep going back to because it's uh, fascinating in uh, more ways than one uh, and there's always some new angle that makes it enjoyable. Uh, I think you mentioned uh, earlier uh, like days ago but uh, the animatronics being evil uh, kind of goes back to Westworld. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Westworld is uh, an early example of like evil animatronics. I wonder West, if Westworld, the movie, not yeah, Westworld, yeah. the TV show. The old, uh, yeah. 80s, uh, I think. With Ooh. Will Brenner. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I would just be curious if there was something before that. I mean, I'm not, I don't know, but I'm just curious because I can't believe that would be the hey, first time. I clarified that for. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. Cool. yeah, yeah. But not this, the series has almost like nothing to do with. Yeah, clarifying <laughs> that for the audience. Um, I, yeah. Yeah. Ended up not having to do with it. Uh, yeah, I, I'm not sure. Yeah. I'm sure maybe there is. I just don't know. I would almost guess like one of the old serials or something, you know, <laughs> when they were having robots and things like that. So Yeah. But, uh, okay, just thought we'd throw it out there. Yeah. And, and you've reviewed the movie. Have you reviewed the game? Yes, I have reviewed Security Breach, uh, which is actually, my reviewed Security Breach, that was based on the fact that while I was 100%, I, I got 100%, it was not not completely worth it, but uh, when I was getting 100%, it updated twice on me, so I got to play with three different patches. <laughs> <laughs> and you reviewed the movie, and these were, both reviews are on? Uh, Trophy Unlocked. Uh, you, also, you also reviewed the DLC. <laughs> yeah, the Ruined DLC. Okay. Uh, so TrophyUnlocked.blogspot.com. All right. In case you want to find out what you really think. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, anything else, or does that kind of cover it? Uh, I think that's it. Okay. So until next time, I'm David Hankins. I'm Paul Hankins. I'm Trevor Hankins. And you've been on the air with Power Squared. <laughs>